This episode is brought to you by Cohesity. Protect, detect, recover with Cohesity. Public sector agencies can protect all their data with cloud-native SaaS and on-premises with a defense-in-depth security framework. Quickly discover and respond to intrusions, cyber threats, and anomalies. Reduce downtime and data loss with rapid recovery at any scale. Learn more on how to enhance your agency's data security strategies at cohesity.com federal. Welcome to CyberCast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is managing editor, Ross John Fortuna. Ross, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex, thanks for having me on. The federal government is serious about data security, but the practice of securing data is an ongoing and frankly complicated situation. With millions of employees, the federal government has many users accessing data, thus opening up security holes and making agencies vulnerable to a variety of breaches. CyberCast has hosted an array of federal IT officials discussing just this very topic. They've talked about the successes they've seen, the challenges they've faced, and the future of data security in a rapidly evolving threat environment. So today, Ross and I are going to revisit some of these prior interviews and see how our various guests are tackling the issue of securing their data and some of their best practices. So let's kick off our conversation with our CyberCast interview from June 2022 with Mark Hawken, Principal Director for Cybersecurity at the Defense Department. Yeah, in this interview, our colleague Nikki Henderson talked to him about uh, the pandemic, not shockingly, as part of the larger data security conversation, because you know, the effects of the COVID-19 crisis and the lockdowns uh, really did speed up the need for secure data and the need, more importantly, to bring forward solutions around data security. Now, the Pentagon, of course, and its thousands of employees has important concerns regarding classified and sensitive data. Those challenges are fairly large. So how can talk to us on Cybercast about these challenges? Securing data has always been a matter of fact and a top priority for the department. What COVID-19 did was speed up innovation around how we performed our jobs to achieve that mission. The use of, of a secure web-enabled platform was implemented in a near real-time fashion. This uh, has always provided a moderate level of remote access to departments, systems, and data. However, COVID-19 required that nearly all the workforce to be remotely enabled. The DOD CIO deployed a team of experts, partnered with industry, engaged the Defense Information Systems Agency, DISA, to implement a viable solution. There were some challenges and a great deal of learning. And in the end, the department was able to implement a solution that was allowed the workforce to access most of the information applications necessary to perform their routine work as a remoted workforce. As you know, some of the mission data content of the department is still very sensitive and classified. And that's the area that's most challenging to address it in a remote environment. And in that case, that workforce still had to come into their areas of operation to perform their mission, but much less so than a full workforce. The bottom line is that DOD is able to perform a preponderance of the typical daily work as a remote workforce. Government-wide, zero-trust implementation is as important as anything, but there isn't an easy out-of-the-box 
solution. Lieutenant General Maria Barrett, who is commanding general of Army Cyber Command, spoke to Cybercast about the importance of zero trust and the ways that agencies need to personalize implementation. When you talk about zero trust, a lot of people might tend to think that there's a one solution, that you can go to the store, go buy a box of zero trust, and then implement that and it will be done. Anybody who's been looking at this in the department understands that it is a framework and it is about implementing certain types of technologies and solutions in a way that actually gets to this piece of really understanding your users, understanding the security of the data, and understanding the resources in a, in a way that is less about boundary security and more about securing securing the data, understanding data at rest, understanding data in transit, um, which is one of the things that we talked about in that panel. And so as we have taken a look at the existing and programmed capabilities that we have for the Army, there are, we can implement them according to the zero trust principles in a way that delivers and meets the objectives for the DOD mandates. So we believe we'll, when we submit our plan, we will, we will, it will be acceptable to DOD in terms of our approach. When users access data, the security requests can span the gamut. Data tagging and getting those policies right to the data layer are really important. Coast Guard Deputy CIO Brian Campo told us in January about all the ways to get this right. I would start by saying from a, you know, from a data readiness play, it is really important from cybersecurity because it's sort of foundational to the way cybersecurity needs to move, which is, you know, moving those security boundaries out from the applications and the network into more of per request, per connection. Um, and so, you know, we just stood up our Office of Data and Analytics which is where our CDO lives for the Coast Guard. Um, and so coordinating with them on things like data tagging, um, getting our, our data warehouses in play, making sure that as our, as our data folks are building up these large data platforms, that they're thinking about security from the beginning. Um, and then from zero trust, right? So one of the pillars of zero trust is the data, is the, uh, the data pillar, which means getting data tagging done so you know what data is being requested. And then you can start bringing policies into play. So. Um, you can you can uh, move from a you know sort of per connection basis or per application basis for your security to really very granular uh, security requests um, and you know being able to apply policies at the data layer I think is where we want to be. We've got a lot of work to get there, um, but that's that's sort of where we see data being able to play from a cybersecurity perspective. And then the other piece of it is just. Um, having these data platforms so that we can crunch huge amounts of data security information, right? We talk about our mm -hmm. incident and event management. That's a lot of data coming into this. Um, yeah. Understanding that data, being able to have data platforms where we can under, where we can evaluate it, we have visibility into that, um, all of that plays. So I think data is a huge frontier for us from a security perspective. Cyber criminals are as interested in data as much as they are interested in anything adversaries, non-state actors, and others, they want their hands on data. Former U.S. CIS Deputy CISO and Chief Cybersecurity Architect Adrian Monza spoke to Cybercast about the thought and the deliberation that goes into protecting the data at agencies from bad actors worldwide. 
I think data security and thinking structurally about data security is is a really important piece. Really, when I look at the the threats that we're facing, a lot of those threats are really revolve around data security. We've seen that with the number of high profile breaches, both of government and the commercial sector. Data is a lot of times what adversaries are after. And so making sure that you're really paying attention to data security, to the confidentiality of it, to the integrity of it, and to the availability of it really is, is I think, going to be something that people are going to have to look to. And I think it's more difficult because it's going to be it's very individual to every organization. There's no one size fits all to data security. And so I think that makes it it harder. There's not a COTS product that you can buy. There's not a vendor who's going to come in, who's going to solve your problem in six easy steps. It's something that really you have to know your business. You have to know your systems and you have to really sit down, think hard and think strategically about. Where does data security have to start? That's one of the most pressing questions inherent in modernization processes, especially when it comes to data security. In September, Jeff Spath, Deputy CISO and Executive Director of Information Security Operations at the Department of Veterans Affairs, spoke about his agency's Endpoint Protection Program. So our Endpoint Protection Programs and, and tools that we're looking at um, without going into detail about, you know, naming specific tools. Um, we're looking at them to meet the requirements that ensure our strategies in securing the VA data, both on-prem in the cloud. How do we get those? How do we use, you know, cloud access security brokers? And then how do we make sure that we are purchasing uh, tools or implementing tools that not only work in, you know, in the actual physical environment, within, but also the virtual or cloud environment. And that's all done to secure our data, our users, our systems that, you know, provide services to our veterans and their dependents. Lieutenant General John Morrison, Army Deputy Chief of Staff, G6, spoke to GovCast last year about the Army's Bring Your Own Device Plan. All these devices connecting means lots of data security questions. So Morrison reinforced the cloud-based nature of data in the 21st century in our conversation. Data security, after all, isn't the same as securing, say, a building or a person because of the cloud-based nature of it all. Because it's not on the personal device. The data is all in the cloud. You're merely visualizing it on a personal device. And because we're able to centralize it that way, we're able to really put the appropriate cybersecurity and defensive overwatch onto uh, the data that we have there. And so I, I, I do have to reemphasize, while you're looking at it on a personal device, the data is never on your personal device. So a user doesn't need to worry about if there's a compromise or something along that line that they might lose their personal phone because the data was never there. The data resides in the cloud. You're merely visualizing it. And if I may, I'm sorry, because I keep saying visualize, you're able to visualize and conduct your day-to-day -day operations. I have done Teams chats, I've done phone calls, I've done emails. You're able to do your full suite of business things. You're just doing it in the cloud, much like the commercial sector. The joint all-domain command and control concept means that things like data sensors, 
shooters, and all kinds of related communication devices are connected between the military services. That means, of course, that lots of data is being transmitted, but it needs to be transmitted securely. Now the Chief of Staff at U.S. Cyber Command, Bradley Pyburn spoke to CyberCast when he was Deputy Commander of the 16th Air Force. In that conversation, he emphasized the importance of data security for the whole of the Defense Department. So I would start with, you know, in our responsibility to, to operate, defend, secure Air Force networks and capabilities, the definition of that includes weapon systems. And so I would go to the weapon systems, and if you think about, you know, JADC2, so Joint All Domain Command and Control, the idea behind that is this ability to pair a sensor with a shooter, with a command and control element to make sure that we can we can operate very quickly in an agile manner and we can always be faster than our adversaries. And so if you think about that and you think about 16th Air Force's responsibility to run those networks that support all that connected, basically it's the fabric of JADC2, uh, the 16th Air Force responsibility there. But that's not a permissive environment. And so our adversaries are obviously going to seek to take away those strengths that we have, and they know that we rely on a network. And they also know that we rely on the data and that the data has got to get to the right decision maker from a sensor to a shooter or from a command and control node to be able to execute the mission. So our responsibility, not just to provide the fabric to connect all those weapon systems, but also to secure the data as it's, it's bouncing around all those weapon systems is critically important. And so that's just in operations. But if you think about this idea of how do we build a future uh, war fighting fabric that's agile and fast, that does all these things, you know, the, the advice and the counsel that we can give to our, to our Air Combat Command and our acquisition professionals at Headquarters Air Force to help shape the future to get it right based on what we're learning each and every day. Uh, and the last thing I would say is the data piece. I can't stress the importance of data. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, throughout the podcast today. But, you know, the, the traditional way of looking at cybersecurity is, is pretty much a castle moat analogy and defend the walls, defend the boundaries. But we have to look at it differently. And that is, it's all about the data. And where is your data? Do you understand where your data is? What networks is traversing? Is it encrypted? Is it protected? You know, can you secure it? And can you ensure its confidentiality, integrity, and availability so that you can make the right decision at the right time? So I think from a 16th Air Force perspective, we have to make sure what we have today operates in the most effective, effective, efficient, and secure manner. But then our ability and our, our responsibility, frankly, to advise and to shape you know, the future is really important too. Thank you, Ross. I guess in summary, when we're looking at data security, the best practice is just not to copy somebody else's data security plan just because that's what they're doing. Everybody's data situation is unique. It's being used in different environments for different purposes. And ultimately, it's about prioritizing protecting the data over the infrastructure itself. Ross, did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. Every agency has different needs and has different structures and systems by which they transmit, collect, and use all of these reams of data. I cannot say this enough, and I know I've said it on different shows of ours. The government produces so much data, and it is so, so valuable. So protecting it in the cloud or 
you know, what it is being copying on devices as computers, that's what they do. They copy things. It's really paramount to success in cybersecurity. Definitely. Well, Ross, thank you for taking this trip down memory lane with me and giving our listeners a chance to hear about some of the best practices in data security over the years here at CyberCast. If you like what you heard, make sure that you're subscribed to CyberCast and leave a five-star rating and review as well. We'll be back next week with a brand new CyberCast. But until then, I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Ross John Fortuna. Thank you for listening. CyberCast, along with GovCast and HealthCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.